When I was in film school, I saw a job listing for a sperm bank. They wanted sperm donors. And I was like, oh, that sounds like a good job. And I told my friend Greg about it. And he was like, oh, yeah, let's do that for money. So we went to the sperm bank together. And we had to be interviewed. We had to fill out these forms. And the forms were like, you know, what's your mother's ethnicity? What's your father's ethnicity? And both of my parents are Iranian. And I've always been kind of embarrassed about that because I always feel like people look down on Iranians. And they do, actually. <laughs> and the hostage crisis had happened. And just I just thought no one's going to want Iranian sperm. So I lied on the sperm donor form. And I said my mother was French. And I said that because she's a Francophile and she like thinks she's French. She acts French. She's snobby like a French person. But, you know, I lied. And I was accepted. And so three times a week, I would go to the sperm bank on my way to school. It was like right near the school. And I would just stop in. It would take like five minutes. There was like porn. You just look at the porn, you masturbate into a cup, and you're out of there. And they give you $35 for that. Uh, the only downside was you couldn't masturbate in between sessions because it would reduce your motility. And if your motility was reduced, they wouldn't pay you for that particular ejaculation. So I had to kind of be careful about my masturbation frequency and also any sexual activity that I had would have to be timed or it would cost me $35. Um, and this was a pretty good job. I was making like $400 a month just to drop in and do something I would do anyway. And then one day they said, uh, we don't need you anymore. You don't have to come in anymore. We're, we're good. And I asked my friend Greg if they said that to him. And he said, no, they still wanted his sperm, but they didn't want mine anymore. And I figured, oh, okay, I guess there wasn't much demand for my sperm. And there was more demand for his, and that's cool. And so he continued to donate, and I stopped. And I didn't think about it much for the next many years, 20 years or so. <laughs> and then about a year and a half ago, I got a letter from the sperm bank. And they said, you have some offspring that would like to contact you. And you don't have to respond, or you could have us be the intermediary. You don't have to reveal your identity. But this offspring has asked us to forward a letter to you. And there was a letter from a, a girl. She was 18. And she said that I was her father and that she had thought about me her whole life and wondered what I was like and what I looked like and what I did for a living. And she wanted to know me. And she'd never had a father. Her mother was single. And would I agree to meet her? And also she said that she was really proud of being part French. And I was just like, oh, man. And I wrote back, but I was kind of a little cold. I wanted to have clear boundaries. And I didn't give her my name or my contact info. I went through the sperm bank. And I was kind of like ethically challenged by this. Like, what do I do here? And they told me, if you want, we can pay for you to go see a therapist <laughs> to discuss it and think through how you want to handle this. So I did. I went to see a therapist. And Mandy, my wife, my, my ex, I talked to her about it. And she was like, I don't want you telling the kids because I'm worried that the kids might feel threatened by it. Like they might feel like they're not special anymore. 
And I was like, yeah, but they might also really like the idea that there's a sibling out there. And she was like, no, I don't want you to tell them, at least not for a while. We just got divorced. It might be a bad idea. So I said, okay, I won't say anything. But it felt weird not to tell them. I don't like hiding things from my children or anybody. But I didn't tell them. And I started having correspondence with this daughter. Uh, donor daughter is the term that's used, I think. Her name was Sarah. And she was kind of annoying to me. She was very pushy. And, you know, I'm pushy too. But it was weird to see. And then when we talked on the phone, she had the same cadence as I do, like the same speech cadence. Like I talk kind of staccato and kind of fast and I kind of talk in this way. And she talked that way too. And I've never heard anyone else talk that way except her. And she was a musician and a composer. And she sent me videos of herself conducting a choral piece she'd written and also singing an aria, like an operatic aria. And it was really good and impressive. And I was like, whoa, she's really talented. And so I said, listen, I really like recorder duets. I play the recorder. And if you want, we can play recorder duets over the phone. And she was like, okay. But then she never followed through, and I got kind of mad at her for not following through. And I was like, you say you want to be close and all this stuff, and you won't even follow through on the recorder duet thing? And then she was like, well, I thought it was a weird thing to offer to do, a recorder duet? Like, who does that? I was like, well, I do that. So basically, we were fighting. And at a certain point, she said, you know, I got a DNA test, and there's no French in my genetic code. There's only Iranian and uh, whatever her mom was. And I was embarrassed because I'd lied about being French, half French. And then she told me that she was doing research and she found that I had 10 other offspring. And she had gotten in touch with all of them. And then none of them wanted to meet me except her. And the more we talked, the more I could tell that she was going to figure out who I was. So finally, I just decided to send her the box set of all my films. And the first thing she watched was I'm a Sex Addict, which is not really what I wanted her to watch. And she was kind of judgmental about it. And I was like, that's why I didn't want to send it to you, because you're judgmental. But we sort of stayed in touch, and we kind of would fight, and I kind of felt very ambivalent about the whole thing. But then when I was in Chicago, we met. She took a bus for 10 hours from uh, Minnesota, where she was going to school, to meet me in Chicago. And I filmed the encounter. And it was very awkward, and I felt like she was being kind of phony. So I smoked some pot, and that kind of relaxed me. And then I was able to sort of talk to her in a better way. And we had kind of a nice talk. And finally, I decided to tell my children. I was like, I'm not going to hide this anymore. And I said to my daughter, do you know what sperm is? And she said, yeah, it's gross. She's seven. And I told them the whole story. And they were like shocked. And I was like, do you want to meet her? And they were like, no. And I was like, really? And they're like, yeah, why would we want to meet her? I was like, I don't know. You have a sibling? They were like, no, dad, we don't want to meet her. I was like, okay. 